Well, New York has decided that human beings are nothing more than compost material after they die. The Republican Congress seems to be in absolute disarray, and I'm here to answer your questions. This is Mailbox Monday. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, hey, hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. You found me at the Off the Bench podcast. Today, I'm going to answer listener questions, but I wanted to touch on a couple of things in the news. And one that I thought was particularly interesting sort of goes back to a listener question, and that was on the sanctity of human life. So for the last several years, the church has been absolutely upended. We have been divided a hundred different ways from Sunday in the culture, divided in the church, divided Uh, politically, divided economically, certainly divided socially as we grapple with the ideas that are coming out of the mainstream of culture. And just a couple of days ago, we saw that in New York, they decided to legalize human composting. And the question then arises, you know, does it matter? Does it matter if, uh, if we decide to engage in human composting And here's my answer, my very short answer to this question, which I'm getting quite a bit uh, via social media, and that is this. Human life, according to the Bible, we are made in the image of God. We are image bearers of the King of kings, of the Lord of lords. And I believe that human life from conception to natural birth, which is why I was talking about a couple of weeks ago about abortifacent forms of birth control, which I believe to be inherently evil, uh, and up until natural death. Human beings should be treated as sacred. They should never be devalued. And you got to ask yourself, if we're turning Aunt Jane into compost when she dies or Grandma Martha or whoever it is, and she says, hey, I don't care, you know, feed me to the birds, whatever. Are we are we making a mockery? Are we devaluing human life? Well, now some of you are going to say, well, the Bible says ashes to ashes, dust to dust, but the Bible does not say uh, ashes to compost. Or And so so some of you are like, wait, what's going on in New York? So let me just, I'll back up really quickly and tell you. So New York has just passed an ordinance that says that human beings can be turned into compost. So they have to be certified, of course, and I'm sure this will make money for the state because at the end of the day, that's really all they care about. They serve their God money. And we saw this in COVID. We've certainly seen it with the Rona vaccines and the vaccine rollouts and the whole thing, right? This is all about money. It's always about money. And I think this is actually no different, but it belies the humanist mindset that really is behind it. And so according to New York now, if you decide that you want to become compost, and of course, all of this is being done in the name of climate change, because we're all going to die from climate change. And so the more uh, the more frightened we get, the more absurd we become, the more divorced from reality we are the more you're going to see these kinds of uh, ordinances and these kinds of ideas come into the public square. And so the idea is that if you decide, hey, I want to save the planet, I'm going to reduce my carbon footprint. And so instead of cremating me, which you know produces massive amounts of pollution into the air, and instead of burying me, they're going to compost me. So they'll they'll put you know uh, Aunt Gertrude in a in a in a box. And they will surround her with dirt and uh, vegetables and, you know, Lord only knows what else to help her body decompose more quickly. Put her in this box and then they'll check on her in two months. And by the two months, she should have returned to dirt. 
and then they'll take her out. You can, you know, throw her in your garden. Well, to me, it's it's akin to of the discussion that we have about whether or not fetal tissue should be allowed in vaccines. Now, we're, you know, regardless of how you feel about vaccines, do we want to use aborted fetal tissue? And you can say, well, they're already dead. What does it matter? It matters because these are human beings made in the image of God. And the fact that we are even talking about using aborted fetal remains, these are babies who have had their lives taken against their will. And now we're going to use them to sort of further mankind. What's such a joke to me? I'm like, are you guys even for real? And I feel the same way about turning human beings into actual garbage. And I believe, and now I, I heard Michael Knowles talk about this the other day. He has, you know, real problem with uh, cremation. I do not have a problem with cremation. I, this is another question that's in the, in the queue. And I, I guess I'm sort of, I'm sort of answering it, you know, jumping ahead of myself today, but I'm sort of answering that, I guess, in my, in my opening monologue today, simply because there is a fair amount, there is uh, a regard for the human body in that process. Well, I heard someone say the other day, well, it's only embalming. Embalming is the only thing that that is uh, dignified for a human body. I don't know if you guys have ever watched what happens in an embalming, but it is anything but dignified. So uh, if we're talking about, uh, you know, a process being sort of whitewashed, embalming is not what I would say is the most amazing thing to ever happen to a corpse. But the issue between turning a human being into compost, into garbage, and burying them with some dignity, the dignity that's afforded a human being that is made in the image of God, whether you choose you know, to bury that person uh, in a traditional burial or you choose to have the remains cremated and then bury those remains or whatever it is, is a much different thing than turning you know, Aunt Gertrude into compost and throwing her away as fertilizer. I just, I, I find the whole thing, you know, uh, preposterous and and borderline obscene, but then that's where the culture is right now. And so, I think the farther we move away from the dignity and the respect for human life, right? We see this in Canada when they are just openly touting euthanasia. Now people are being pressured into killing themselves because you know they're an inconvenience rather than honoring and valuing and treasuring human life from conception to natural death. We are engaged in euthanasia. Now we're engaged in composting of human remains. To me, the whole thing is just uh, part and parcel for what's happening in the culture right now as we devalue human life. Human life is sacred. We are made in the image of God. We are not like the animals. And my friend, Sherry Seligson, who's going to be coming on the show with me in just a couple of days, shared a really great example of this the other day on the show. And she said, you know, imagine, uh, you know, it's you're in Florida right now, which if I close my eyes, I'll imagine it. Yes, that's very easy for me to imagine right now. Uh, but you're in Florida and there's this beautiful sunset and people stop, right? They take selfies in front of a sunset. They, uh, you know, we want to go out and sit on the on the sand with our husbands with a glass of wine and watch the sunset. We value these beautiful colors, this rainbow of God's creative uh, ability that we see in the sky so often every single evening. And she said, do you notice that a squirrel never does that? A squirrel doesn't stop to notice the sunset. A dog doesn't stop on your walk with him at night and just sort of sit there and gaze at the sunset. Why? Because God has given human beings the ability to appreciate beauty. And the animals don't have this. We are different from the animals. Of course, that's just one way. But when you start treating human beings as if they were animals, 
And we certainly do this. I mean, they're certainly absolutely doing that. When you say, I'm going to turn you know, Aunt Gertrude into compost, when you start treating human beings that way, and we do it with abortion, we do it with uh, through uh, using fetal cells in research, we do it in euthanasia, we do it because we don't value the very young or the very old. Uh, I believe that the, it's just one more sign of a culture in decline. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. And so uh, that's my, you know, that's my sort of take on it. it. Sort of leads into a question that came from an anonymous listener in Pennsylvania, and she wrote, "When Focus on the Family did a broadcast on December eighteenth of twenty twenty, encouraging everyone to get the shot, I was shocked and horrified. There were a number of years that I listened to Focus regularly, and I always thought that they were a solid Christian organization that stood on biblical values, with the issue of life being core to their mission." How could they support these death shots? Even They even t- attempted to justify the use of fetal cell lines in the development of these injections. I know you were a guest on Focus on the Family's broadcast in May of 2021. Do you support an organization that recommends the COVID shot? P.S. God led us to pull our kids out of a wonderful Christian school in 2019. Yes, pre-COVID in order to homeschool. And I started listening to your podcast in 2022. So... First of all, thank you for uh, writing in Anonymous in Pennsylvania. I am loath to come out against an organization simply because of the fact that they believed in or promoted the COVID-19 vaccine. So uh, a couple of people that I was actually super disappointed in, uh, Franklin Grand comes to mind. Uh, you know, saying that, you know, if if you love your neighbor, then you'll get the you'll get the vaccine. There are lots of ways to love your neighbor and they don't include uh, injecting yourself against your will. And so that was disappointing. But do I still really appreciate and follow and admire the ministry of Franklin Graham and Samaritan's Purse? Absolutely, I do. Am I disappointed? Was I disappointed in the stance that folks in the family took with regard to the COVID-19 vaccine? Absolutely, I was. Uh, and I continue to be frustrated with many Christian organizations who seem not to have the discernment of a jellyfish when it comes to not following a narrative just because it's spouted by a so-called government official. And I think we're we're seeing now uh, Christian organizations starting to back away. But in 2020, when the statement came out from folks in the family, we are being told by the masses and the ding-dongs in the mainstream media and these now we know to be these corrupt government officials and developers of an mRNA vaccine that they knew had not been tested and they knew wasn't going to prevent the transmission of, of the Rona. And they knew that there was a high possibility that we were basically going to be treated as lab rats in what has been a very failed uh, experiment. And I think has done probably more damage to the credibility of the medical institution than anything that I can think of in my lifetime. I don't hold it against organizations like Focus and the Family who in 2020 thought, oh, my goodness, you know, two billion people are going to die. And the only way that we're going to get out of this thing alive is if is if we take a shot. Did I think it lacked discernment? Yes. Uh, Am I going to throw the baby out with bathwater? No. I, if I'm going to throw the baby out with the bathwater on something, it's going to be over a doctrinal issue. It's going to be over uh, an issue that I find to be uh, profoundly antithetical to the message of the gospel. And there are a lot of good people who promoted the vaccine when it first came out who genuinely thought that it would work. Now, 
the mass hysteria that has followed, you know, and I, I just, I just heard uh, Joe Rogan. And in fact, I shared this clip on my uh, Facebook page and it was immediately shadow banned. And there's 160 some thousand people that follow me at that page. And that, that post was seen like 74 times. So you tell me uh, if they're still shadow banning voices like mine, but he read a, a, a tweet from uh, a social media influencer who said that she didn't care if it comes to light that she injected straight up poison into her veins. She did it with a good heart. She did it because she loved mankind. And the, those people who would not get uh, an injection hated mankind. Well, this is the kind of stuff that just drives me bonkers because I love my neighbor and I love the people around me. And goodness knows, my husband and I have devoted our lives to helping individuals around us. But we need not confuse or set aside, rather, our discernment and just check it out the door. And someone says, do you love your neighbor? Here, walk off a cliff over here. Do you love your neighbor? Would you mind standing in front of the oncoming car? No, this is ridiculous. And the gaslighting and the brainwashing and all those things, I think, have, have done probably more damage. It's, it's going to take us, I doubt that in my lifetime we will see uh, closure to what this country and indeed the world has gone through for the last two and a half years. But do I hold uh, folks in the family and other Christian organizations like Samaritan's Purse? You know, am I sitting here holding them in contempt? No, I do think it lacked discernment. And so going forward, it would it, it will likely cloud my view on things that they say, especially regarding, you know, matters of, of health. But uh, I would be very, very careful not to throw them too far under the bus. I looked up. So you sent me the link to the letter and I'll, I'll I guess I'll just put it up in the show notes so that you guys can see it. Uh, to the letter that folks in the family put out explaining their position on the COVID-19 vaccine. And, and it was, uh, you know, I, I don't love it, but they explain, you know, when they're trying to get you to take the shot, they explain how vaccines worked. And then they say uh, it's hope that the vaccines will prove effective in curtailing the spread of COVID-19. Although there are still many questions about it. See right here, Full stop, full stop. It's hoped that that the vaccines will prove effective in curtailing the spread of COVID-19, although there are still many questions about them. And then they went on to say, while reports of safety and efficacy for recently authorized vaccines are promising, which they weren't, we, we know now that we were totally lied to, a concern that is often discussed in the pro-life community relates to the use of aborted fetal cell lines in the development and manufacturing of vaccines. Two fetal cell lines that are being used in the development and production of several COVID-19 vaccines are, and then they, they list what they are. They say it was derived from a fetus that was aborted in 1972. Then they, they say another one was from an, an abortion that occurred in 1985. And then they say no ongoing abortions need to be performed for these cell lines to be maintained. In other words, the deaths of these two innocents are what many, many, many vaccine lines are coming from. They sort of skip over that entirely and they go on to say the good news is that some pharmaceutical companies are working on vaccines that do not rely in any way on fetal cell lines. So that's great. But we know now that these, these, uh, some of these vaccines, including the ones for COVID-19, do rely on fetal cell lines. And I would just be like, hey, you know what? Full stop. This is wrong. Uh, it's just wrong. 
So they end up by saying, unfortunately, aborted fetal cell lines are being used by some vaccine manufacturers in the development and production of COVID-19 vaccines. These include, but are not limited to, the vaccine made by Johnson & Johnson and its subsidiary Janssen, which uses another line, and AstraZeneca's vaccine using another line, HEK293. The use of these cell lines is a matter of ethical concern to many people of pro-life conviction and has made some hesitant to accept vaccines using produced fetal cell lines. And they go on to say that human life from conception and natural birth should be treated as sacred and never devalued, which takes me back to what I was saying before about uh, turning, you know, uh, Aunt Gertrude into compost. Vaccine manufacturing following the best ethical practices should not have to rely on abortion at all. The Physicians Resource Council of Folks in the Family expresses gratitude to those vaccine developers that do not use aborted fetal cell lines and calls upon manufacturers to use methods and technologies that do value life. So I actually appreciated what they said here. The thing that I told you really bothered me was that they were like, you know, it's hoped the vaccines will prove effective in curtailing the spread of COVID-19, although there are many questions about them. Dude, I'm sorry. But if there are many questions about an injection that you're getting ready to put in your body, stop. Where there's a risk, there should be a choice. And that is where I think many of these organizations went wrong. And hopefully we've learned from it and uh, we're not going to go back you know, go back down that that rabbit hole again. But I guess uh, I guess we're going to find out. All right. Christy in South Carolina. She wants you guys to know something regardless of age. She says, hands down, the best Bible curriculum worldview emphasis is the Who is God series. There are four books total by Apologia. I agree. I love uh, I love the ministry of Apologia's curriculum. She said it's been foundational to this day. Next for juniors or seniors is Summit Ministries, Understanding the Times. You guys know I'm a huge fan of Summit Ministries. So Chrissy, I'm with you. She said sending them to Summit will be worth every penny. I could not agree more. Rachel in Iowa, with phones at our fingertips for the foreseeable future, is it still necessary to teach kids the same math we learned as a kid? Or are there different things we should be considering with teaching math in the age of technology? Okay, so... Uh, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, I have a 12 year old and she was just crying this morning over me making her finish her math assignment. And she is studying fractions right now. She does not appreciate that. And so I understood her frustration. As you guys have heard me say many times, I'm not a mathy. I'm a writer. Uh, you know, I mean, I do math out of necessity. That said, there are lots of reasons to teach our children math that go beyond whether or not they can have, they have access to a calculator or they can just Google an answer. It's critical thinking skills. It's teaching, it's teaching them reasoning. It's teaching them methodology. It's teaching them uh, discipline. Math is an invaluable tool that we need to teach our children. And as we watch the plummeting test scores around the country and places like Oregon, where you don't have to be proficient in reading, writing, or math to graduate into the workforce there, can you even imagine how what a what a, a, a trash heap they're going to turn Oregon into, tranking out these kids who in 30 years are going to be like, well, I don't know about that. You know, give your kids a good education. Teach your kids the discipline, if for no other reason, just the disciplines of uh, the study, I think, is is good for them as a general rule. Now, I always understand that there are always, you know, exceptions to the rules. There are kids with special needs. There are kids who aren't going to fit into that uh, into that paradigm that I just sort of painted for you. 
But just because we have access to technology and just because we have access to calculators and that kind of thing, to me, it's no reason to skimp on the essentials. Math, to me, is an essential. I have an Apple podcast review to read to you guys from Unicorn Glitter Girl. And she said that I am her favorite podcaster. Well, thank you, Unicorn Glitter Girl. She says, Heidi St. John is a breath of fresh air amidst all the negativity in our world. Easy to get dragged down by all that's going wrong. Instead, Heidi puts a positive spin on the day-to-day meanderings of how to live in a world as a believer and still not be of it. Thank you for your daily encouragement. It really helps my Christian walk. Well, thank you so much. Another response to the uh, episode that I did saying absolutely no, 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 heck to the no, no, no on amnesty for all of the terrible things that happened to every single one of us in the midst of the uh, scamdemic. She said, Heidi, thank you for your podcast on amnesty for COVID. I totally agree with you. No amnesty. My son was a 2020 homeschool graduate. He wanted to serve in the military since he was a little boy. He trained for the Air Force Special Forces and passed all his tests to enter into early in 2021. However, he was not comfortable taking the shot, so he applied for religious exemption prior to entering. His exemption was denied twice. Upon getting this news, they gave him 24 hours to make a final decision to enter, knowing he could be forced to get the vaccine and believing it was against his beliefs as a Christian to get the shot due to possible health consequences like myocarditis and knowing the vaccine is made with fetal cell lines he chose not to go in. This last year has been hard for him. He still grieves not getting to serve his country. He would have served our country well. I've cried over this because I know his heart has always been to serve his country. This is the kind of stuff, you guys, honestly, that just it just breaks my heart and makes me angry at the same time. Uh, and by the way, if, if you watch the, turn off the news. Just do yourself a favor and just turn it off, right? I, I saw uh, Fox News the other day saying, you know, the Omicron virus, uh, the strain is back. You know, put your mask on. Don't do that. Just don't. All right. We've got massive problems with RSV and all kinds of things in our children's hospitals because we masked our kids like a bunch of idiots. And we're going to continue down this terrible cycle. You need to breathe the air around you. Your body needs it. Your immune system needs it. Are you going to come in contact with viruses? Yes. Let your body have a chance to build up its own immune system. Take your vitamins. Listen to what Mark Sherwood's been saying on my show over and over and over again. But it makes me sad and angry that so many of our young people, did you guys see what happened to Damar Hamlin uh, last week? I don't watch football. I don't like the NFL. No fans left. I don't like the woke politics of the NFL. These, these um, you know, uh, ingrates who are making millions of dollars who won't kneel for the, uh, or won't stand for the national anthem. I'm sorry, but I couldn't care less about the NFL. But I have a friend who really likes it. And he called me last week and said, Heidi, you got to turn on the television. Look what's going on with this game of the Buffalo Bills, whatever. So I, you know, I got on, opened my laptop and sure enough, here's this guy takes a hit like you do in football. And he's knocked to the ground and he gets back up. And then he does what we have seen happen so many times before. If you guys have not watched Died Suddenly, Google it. Watch it. This is Stu Peters production. Watch died suddenly. But this guy in absolute lockstep with so many other people who have died like this stands up, looks fine for a second, and then just falls backward and collapses. And immediately, right, the Internet doctors come out and they're like, it's absolutely not related to the shot, blah, 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 blah. You know, every single player on that field is like, oh, my gosh, I'm a ticking time bomb because 
this guy, Damar Hamlin, got his COVID booster, because that's important, on the 26th of December. In any other trial, in any other universe, just a few of these kinds of incidents, and they'd pull those things so fast to make your head spin, but they won't do it because they have to dig their heels in and hold on to the narrative, and the narrative is killing people. And so while I'm really sad that this young man's not in the Air Force, Mama, I can tell you right now, I, I would be thanking my lucky stars and praising God every day of my life that your son was wise enough not to inject himself. Because I don't know if you've noticed this, but most of the people that are suffering the terrible, devastating, deadly side effects of the experimental vaccine are young men by far and away. And uh, we're watching, you know, newspaper uh, uh, reporters falling down on the job. I've seen videotape of people standing in line at Minute Marts collapsing and dying. I've seen people collapse and fall onto train tracks. I mean, it this something is wrong. And so I I mentioned this and you know, when I said, "Hey, I'm I'm praying for Mr. Hamlin, you know, uh never mind his politics, which are actually terrible, but praying for this young man." And immediately, you know, people said, "Oh, it's too soon. When is it too soon to tell the truth?" I'd really like to know. When is it too soon? to ask questions. People are dying every day. It's not too soon to ask questions. I would say in many regards, it's too late to ask questions. And so, you know, for all the people that tried to shame me for talking about it openly on my social media, I just would, I, I say, uh, I, you, I don't feel ashamed at all. I feel sorry for the people that are embarrassed and too, and too afraid to ask questions because people are dying because we will not ask the question. Because heaven forbid the social media mob should come out and call you names. We guys are having an honest conversation. And that's all I have to say about that. A couple more today. Sharon in New Hampshire wants to know about Certified B Corporation. I heard about this a couple weeks ago, so I decided to answer her question today. She said, hi, Heidi. I see the label for a Certified B Corporation on many products and wondered if you could shed some light on what this means. A quick Google search says certified B corporations are leaders in the global movement for inclusive, equitable, and regenerative economy, which is enough to make me run from that company, but I'm guessing there's more to it. Do you have any information on what this is? All right. So Sharon, first of all, kudos to you that your uh, antenna went up when you saw the buzzwords inclusive and equitable. Kudos to you. So I went to the B Corporation, you know, of course, they're trying to give them their seal of approval. It's kind of like the good housekeeping seal of approval, but for woke uh, consumers who want a virtue signal with the things that they buy. And this is what they say about who they are. They say B Lab recognizes that we cannot credibly build an inclusive ding, ding, ding. We should just ding, ding, ding every time we read a buzzword that tells you that these people are insane. Okay, so ding. An inclusive economic system without addressing fundamental injustice, ding, inequity, ding, and violence that disproportionately impact people of color, ding, and women, ding. It is not enough to be quietly non-racist, ding, and non-sexist, ding. We have a responsibility to build a community of vocal, visible, anti-racist, ding, and feminist, ding, business leaders. 
justice, ding, equity, ding, diversity, ding, and inclusion is central to all of B-Lab's operations. So there you go. I would run from that company. I think that they hit all the dings and then some. And uh, to me, I mean, I honestly, you guys, you know this about me. I'm sick of these corporations. I'm sick of them. They're ruining our economy. They're uh, lying to our children. They're sowing seeds of division. And worse, they're not helping. They think they're helping, but they're not. And so uh, I'm, I'm totally happy to just, you know, bye-bye to these guys. And I'm appreciating that you guys are actually starting to listen and look for these buzzwords, diversity, equity, inclusion. I've talked about it many times at the show. It's like CSE, Comprehensive Sex Education, um, DEI, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion. Well, what are some of the other ones? Oh, my goodness. Um, social Emotional Learning, SEL, CRT, Critical Race Theory. You know, it's just like all the alphabet warriors of the LGBTQIA, VDWSTR, whatever, uh, these people are insane. And so run for your life and start supporting companies that share your values whenever it's possible. And I realize it's not always possible. So I'm not saying stop going to the grocery store and just abandon, uh, you know, your your iPhone and all those things. I understand that in some cases, it's not possible to do that. I, I totally get it. But I am really hoping that somebody soon starts to create uh, an alternate economy so that we do not have to keep putting our money into these awoke organizations that are doing incredible damage to uh, our economy, to the United States. Uh, just uh, it's yeah. So good on you for seeing that and noticing it and sending it to me. So I appreciated that and it was good for me. It was an opportunity for me to just sort of look into it. Well, you guys, I am over my time today, obviously, but uh, I hope that you are encouraged in the fact that I do think that there are more people now that are starting to stand up and speak the truth. I think there are, I mean, certainly in 2020 when uh, when all this insanity started and I told you guys, you know, I lost most of my income in 2020. And in 2021, of course, I ran for Congress, which did not help uh, that aspect of my life at all when I owed it. But I believe what Bill Jack said to me a couple weeks ago is absolutely true. This country is worth fighting for. Our our um, our values are worth fighting for. The truth is worth defending and worth uh, worth fighting for. Truth is knowable, and there is no such thing as subjective truth. Something is either true or it is not true. There's no such thing as subjective truth. So the next time someone says to you, well, that's just a subjective truth, they're lying to you. The The nature of truth is that is objective. In other words, it's either true or it isn't. And I am thrilled to death to see many, many of you now starting to embrace your role in this world. God's put you here for such a time as this, and you have the opportunity to teach your children that God can be known. He wants to be known. That truth can be known and truth can be understood and truth begins in the work and person of Jesus Christ. And so uh, while there are lots of topics that obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm not even near uh, done going through your list of questions. I'll answer some more of them on Wednesday. Tomorrow, I've got a really great guest on the show, but I'll answer some more of your questions on Wednesday. And I want to just encourage you, keep asking the questions. It is not wrong to ask questions. The questions are necessary. If we want to get to the bottom of what is happening around us, if we want to understand what's going on in our schools, if we want to understand why our government is so broken, and these, you know, oh my goodness, I don't even have time, but the yahoos, 
that are representing the Republican Party right now on Capitol Hill are an embarrassment. They are. They're an embarrassment. You know what the Republicans' job is? And I I do declare, I'm so over time, but this will be the last thing I say about this today. You know what the job is of the Republicans? Listen up. Listen up, Republicans. The job of the Republicans on Capitol Hill right now for the next two years is to say no to Joe Biden. That's it. They have a very, very slim majority because they ran such uh, obnoxious candidates and they lost so much traction that they could have had. They should It should have been a blowout for the conservatives in the last election. But we ran bad candidates who don't understand what it means to be a conservative. And we're watching right now up on Capitol Hill playing out the fact that the that they're not the, the Republicans are, are basically don't even know what their role is anymore. So I'm here to remind you, your role is to say no to Joe Biden, no to the radical agenda of the left. No to all this climate change insanity. No to the masking. No to the the, the, ma- the vaccine mandates that are literally killing people. Your job is to stand up for the American people and say no to the hostile takeover of this nation. And unless and until they can pull their heads out of the sand and start remembering why the American people sent them there in the first place, I do not think the Republican Party can be saved. I honestly think that's true. I know some of you are frustrated with me about it, but uh, I've seen enough now. In the last couple of years to go, wow, uh, we get we need an overhaul. The conservative movement needs an overhaul and quick and pronto. So uh, that's all I got time for today, you guys. Thanks you for thank you for hanging in there with me till the end of the show today. And I will see you back here tomorrow. We're going to be tackling the topic of infertility tomorrow. It's going to be a wonderful show. And I hope you'll come back for it. And I'll see you right back here at the intersection of faith 